I've got a really, really long message, Michelle, so I don't know how quickly you're going to get away. Yeah. <laughs> Dramatic pause. No. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Just this um, one thing that kind of stood out to me during worship, hey, was um, the scripture in Zephaniah. I kind of think it ties into the to the word that Robert kind of brought about being beloved. And it was this, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty saviour. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. And just like the sense that even, even this morning that the the Lord kind of wants us to know that he, he rejoices, he rejoices over us, singing over us, like what we sang this morning. You sing over me. The Holy Spirit, pray, if nothing else, that we would go this morning knowing that you rejoice over us, that we, that we would just know more uh, of, of your love for us, your deep, your deep love. Your unshakable love, the love of a of a heavenly Father for His children. Come, Holy Spirit, would you? Even now, Lord, I pray that you'd you'd be settling on us, settling on us, and and uh, moving in our midst, Lord. Or with His uh, with His anxiety, let Your peace come. With His tiredness, let Your strength come. With his discouragement and depression, let your hope come. With his sickness, let your healing come. With his uncertainty, Lord, let your let your security come. Your foundation, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you are you are the cornerstone of the church. And we look to you this morning. We bless you. Amen. Amen. Um Just realised I got a bit of chewing gum in my mouth. I'm like one of those American preachers, <laughs> looking around to spit it out or something. I can't even find a tissue. What am I going to do with my chewing gum? Thanks. Thank you. Not that there's anything wrong with being an American. Sorry. <laughs> oh, dig, yeah. Okay. <laughs> dig in a hole. I used to really want to be American. There's, there's lots of things I really wanted to be. I wanted to be an American, and for a while I thought I, if I, because I really liked the accent, and so I'd like just practice speaking in an American accent. And um, when we, so when we went over to, overseas and we spent three months living in the U.S., I was really hoping that I'd come back with an American accent because I thought it'd be so so exotic. Anyways, um, this year we've been thinking. Um, We've been thinking about, so far this year, we've been thinking um, each week about um, going deeper into God and really drawing from the, the first of the Psalms, Psalm 1. Because Psalm 1 has this really, really enticing, I think, vision of, of what life is like as we draw from God and live aligned with His ways. The vision is of this joyful, blessed life, deeply satisfying, overflowing with life and, and bearing fruit for those around us. And so I'm just going to go um, straight into Psalm 1 again, and you might be getting a bit tired of it, but too bad. Um, Psalm 1, it starts out like this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord 
meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves neither wither, and they prosper in all they do. And there's this, there's this word in these verses that really stands out. These joyful ones, these ones that are like, you know, like trees planted along the riverbank, they, they delight in the law of the Lord. And the word that stands out to me is delight. And if you look it up, you might find a definition like this, extreme pleasure or satisfaction, joy, or something that gives great pleasure. These people in the psalm, they take great pleasure, extreme pleasure even, in the law of the Lord. They are really, really, really enjoying meditating on it, thinking about it, immersing themselves in it. And the, and the law was, uh, at that, that stage, we're talking about the, the Torah, or the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And it's the story of God until that moment. And through the law, through these books, the Lord, God, reveals himself, and he reveals his interactions with people, and he gives people um, instructions on how they should live. And it's all in the context of a deep covenantal relationship with God. So delighting in God's law means delighting in God's law means being so stoked with God himself and how he wants us to live. Ultimately, it means delighting in God himself. And so if you're bored already, this is the, the TLDR. God wants us to enjoy him. This is the too long didn't listen, sorry. This is the too long didn't read. God wants us to enjoy him. This is, this is your take-home message. God wants us to enjoy him, and he invites us into a relationship with him that will bring us joy just as he delights in us. Isaiah 62, 4, speaking of the people of God, says, Never again will you be called the, forgot, the forsaken city or the desolate land. Your new, your new name will be the city of God's delight. And the bride of God, for the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. In Psalm 18, 19, he led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. Psalm 149, 4, for the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. That's cool, eh? The Lord God delights in us and we bring him great joy. And this might seem surprising. This might seem, um, you know, like this is not really what you expect from God because you might imagine God to be this grumpy guy, like my brother. No. <laughs> Front row. So, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, I always regret my dumb jokes. Sorry, Nicholas. You might imagine him to be a grumpy guy like me. <laughs> I bring it out, eh? You might imagine him to be this grumpy guy. You might imagine God to be demanding, impossible to please, or, or even worse. And perhaps, perhaps this like connects with what your, your earthly dad was like, or some other like, person of authority, or, or some other figure in your life has treated you. And Because a, a lot of us come to God with, with, uh, with baggage from our earthly relationships, and we, and we find it really, really hard to accept, accept deep down that he really does love us. He really actually likes us. 
and actually enjoys our company. No more jokes about you, Nicholas. Sure. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> to be, be real. <laughs> because Michelle needs to head off, so there's no time for it. Um, <laughs> now Michelle's on the firing line. <laughs> She's gone already. Um, St- anyway, Strawn Coleman, uh, I really like his writing. He lives up um, in the Coromandel, I think. And he writes this. If the, whole world, if the whole world teaches us that we're just a product to be harvested for marketing by big corporations... If social media tells us we have, we have to be beautiful and clever to be liked, then how on earth could we imagine that God just takes pleasure in us as we are? That he just wants to be with us. That the main topic of conversation on his mind isn't, what are you going to do for me today, James? But how are you, child? Consumerism has made us believe that God loves us for what we offer. And this is a tragedy. Can you imagine simply coming to God and, and him asking, how are, how are you? How are you today? And the Bible, the Bible reveals, the Scriptures reveal the true nature of God as our Heavenly Father who genuinely, deeply cares for us. And I wonder if this, this is partly why those joyful people that we read about in Psalm 1, the one who, who thrills to God's Word, as it says in the message translation. I wonder if they're discovering what God is really like, and they're discovering that He's actually even better than they imagined. If you've ever read uh, the book of First John, um, it's, it's brilliant. It's all about God's love. And, and in chapter 3, it begins, See how very much our Father loves us, but He calls us His children. And that is what we are. And in chapter 4, when you read chapter 4, John says, God showed his love for us by sending his one and only son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And he says that we love, we love because God first loved us. So our, our love is this, like this response to God's love. Like knowing deep down that God loves us and delights in us, it somehow triggers, it just triggers this response of love for God and for others, like it releases uh, our delight in Him. And, and as, we, as we sort of grasp this and as we discover this, we can begin actually enjoying His company and taking deep pleasure in who, who God is, who He is. So Psalm 37. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong, for like grass they soon fade away. Like spring flowers they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. What do you delight in? One thing I delight in is chocolate. I like chocolate. And I'm not very good at savoring chocolate. Uh, usually, I want to get that stuff in my mouth as fast as I can. Like, give me a wave if you kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah, a few of you. Uh, and, and Tessa and I, we're pretty different. This is our key difference, actually. <laughs> you know? That's what I think is our key difference, as I've discovered. She she eats chocolate slowly. Like, who eats chocolate slowly? There's, oh, there's quite a few of you. Like, 
<laughs> you know, and so, and so we, when we have chocolate, when we have chocolate in the house, we, we, we can discover that we've got to ration it. <laughs> and so we, when we're clever, actually, we have like a little plate of how much, you know, how much you're allowed to eat because I'll just, I'll just honk it all in it out, you know. It gets all in there as quick as I can because I love that flavor and I want it all at once, whereas Tessa, she'll eat it slowly and, you know. Uh, if I'm less restrained, then I kind of look at her, you know, her bit of chocolate and say, oh, if you loved me, you know, um, <laughs> if you really loved me. I don't do that much. Um, you know, and so some of you know, you know, what this is like, eh? And, and so I delight in chocolate. I just want it all. And, and, and I also delight in, um, this is all about my delights. This is what I'm going to talk about for the rest of the morning. <laughs> Things that James likes. I also really like coffee. <laughs> I love coffee. And, you know, often the first coffee is basically you've just got to get that coffee down to get the caffeine to wake up. You know, I don't really savor it. But, but when I do take the time to savor coffee, especially when I've kind of got a nice sort of specialty coffee or a nice uh, single origin, then then if I take my time and delight in that coffee slowly, I discover this like depth and all these interesting notes and flavors and I'm boring you silly because I'm just talking about coffee. But you know, when you, you, when you knock that coffee back, you just miss it all, eh? Anyway, these are different ways of delighting in things, eh? And um, even though, yeah, I do like to have about four or five cups of coffee a day, I don't think I'm addicted um, much. <laughs> Those headaches don't mean anything, eh? <laughs> it's just a headache. <laughs> or coffee. <laughs> but the first thing, the first thing I think of delight is, I'm so glad you're here, Caleb Carney, because the first thing I think of when I think of delight is Turkish delights. Turkish delights. And so I've got some prizes this morning. Donovan's Turkish Delights. Pat it, do you feel the price is coffee? No, man, Turkish Delights. <laughs> you have to wait your turn. No cheating. Uh, Moses is going to give me a hand. Is Moses here? Yeah, hey, Moses. Okay, Moses. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We've got a competition. And I'm going to read my instructions. So I've got these, I've got three prizes. Do you want to hold them there? That's pretty. <laughs> I'd, uh, I've lured Moses in with the with promise of chocolate, eh? So, yeah. As well, it's true. It's true. And so, um, to win a prize, you've got to be the first to your feet who can answer the question correctly. And so there's going to be three questions. Okay, so each question win, wins a prize. Uh, be good if you didn't try to win all the prizes, but I guess that's a possibility. I didn't have, don't have that in the rules. So, um, so it's going to be like the first, first to your feet who can answer the question correctly. Moses is going to uh, help me spot the first person to their feet, and then we'll, you'll say, it's that person over there, and then we'll find out your answer. All right? Sound good? Okay, okay. Here we go. For Turkish Delights. Question number one. Okay, are you looking? Do you want to look at this side and I'll look, yeah, I can look this side. Okay, question number one. Where do Turkish delights come from? 
There was only one person. That was him, eh? Pretty obviously, eh? All right, where do Turkish lights come from? Turkey is correct. It was not a trick question. <laughs> Give that man his chocolates. I thought you were going to say Jesus, but... Um, and I'll say, no, that's wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, question number two. Pardon? <laughs> we'll get to that. Question number two. In C.S. Lewis's book, no. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe... Well, okay. Okay, what's the answer? Incorrect. You sit down. Sorry, you still get your turn. Who enjoyed eating texture lights? Oh. Was it Caleb? They both said it was Caleb. Okay, okay, Caleb. Edmund is correct. Edmund is correct. Question number three. <laughs> I know something about Caleb and that he also delights in Turkish delights. Um, question number three. In the same book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, who betrayed his family, his sisters, and his brother for Turkish lights from the White Witch? I think it was Zoe, yeah. He was Zoe? Yeah. Edmund! Edmund! Well done. And a chocolate for Moses. Thank you, Moses. Good work. Feel free to um, share those cho- those chicks lights with me. No, you can actually open those up and um, and big. You know, don't don't hold back. This is the time, eh? So, so the line, the witch, and the wardrobe. I'm going to get into this. Um, a quick summary for those who don't know the story. You've got four, four children are set in the time of the Second World War, and they have been sent from, from London to the countryside because of the, because of the air raids. They've been sent to a, uh, the house of an of a, of a old professor. And, and in his house, they discover a wardrobe, and this wardrobe is, is magic. Eh? And so you walk through the wardrobe, and you, and you end up in another land, the land of Narnia. And Narnia is under the control of the evil witch, the white witch, the queen, permanent winter, covered in, covered in snow. So I'm just like telling you, if you haven't seen it before, it's a great movie or a great book, but the first person who goes exploring in Narnia is, is the youngest of the children. She's kind of my hero, Lucy. So she goes through and she meets this friendly fawn, Tumnus. But then when her older brother, Edmund, goes through the wardrobe, he, he doesn't meet up with Tumnus. Instead, he, he encounters the... Um, this woman, um, who is actually the white witch, but he's got no idea she's a witch, uh, and he discovers that she's, she's a queen, and she gets pulled around in a, in a sledge, pulled by a reindeer, driven by a dwarf, which is pretty great. When you put it like that, it kind of sounds a bit, bit dumb, eh? but anyway. And so she, she ends up, like, inviting him onto the sledge, because, you know, you want to get up, you know. I was going to say have a cuddle with a white witch, but, you know, anyway, she ends up, he ends up getting up onto the sledge, and she gives him this hot drink, and she makes this hot drink with a, with a drop from her magic bottle, like, most of you have seen this, eh? I just don't want anyone to miss out, so, um, and then she, and then this is what happens, so, line the witch on the wardrobe, this is not in your Bibles, um, <laughs> chapter four, it is dull, son of Adam, to drink without eating, said the queen presently, what would you like best to eat? Turkish delight, please, your majesty, said Edmund. You know, I auditioned for it, and they said no. 
This is it, hey. No, I didn't. Sorry. Turk, Turkish delight, please, Your Majesty. <laughs> Best of my London accent. The, the queen let another drop fall from her, bot- from her bottle onto the snow, and instantly there appeared a round box tied with green silk ribbon, which, when opened, turned out to contain several pounds of the best Turkish delight. <sighs> Have you started enjoying those Donovan's Turkish delights yet? Oh, man. Anyway. No, I have not done, no, untempered. Each piece was sweet and light to the very center, and Edmund had never tasted anything more delicious. He was quite warm now and very comfortable. Oh, man, they do sound pretty good, eh? Because I'm a big fan of Turkish delights, especially those kind of magic ones. And, um, and when, there's, you know, when there's a box of those roses, chocolates, I'm one of those guys that I'll just hunt through until I can find the Turkish delight choc- the Turkish delights in there, and there's usually like two or three, eh? Two, three. Uh, and so I've kind of always been a little bit sympathetic to Edmund. In fact, I think maybe the reason I started enjoying Turkish delight is because of the story. But I'm a you know a little bit sympathetic towards him. You know, he enjoys his Turkish delights from the evil white witch and. Yeah, you know, sure, he spills the beans on his family and, and the fawn, Mr. Tumnus and Lucy, and, and he's just shoveling these Turkish lights down, but, you know, they're pretty good, eh? They're pretty good. So anyway, the story continues. Let's go. Jumping forward a page. At last, the Turkish delight was all finished, and Edmund was looking very hard at the empty box, <laughs> wishing that she would ask him whether he would like some more. Probably the queen knew quite well what he was thinking, for she knew, though Edmund did not, that this was enchanted Turkish delight, and that anyone who had once tasted it would want more and more of it, and and would even, if they were allowed to, go on eating it till they killed themselves. It's quite dark, isn't it? Did you know that C.S. Lewis was actually this? Yeah, it's quite dark. Anyway, I reckon he was so perceptive, and and it's no accident that Edmund, that young Edmund, was tricked into eating Turkish delights. Because we can delight in ourselves with lots of things, lots of things. I think almost anything in the world, good or evil, and sometimes what we delight in can actually end up like taking over our entire lives, and we end up delighting in it, in it too much. Like we become obsessed, or we give all of ourselves to what, what, this, what this thing is, um, you know, you can probably think of examples. I, 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 when I was thinking of examples, I, I thought about, well, um, you know, al- alcoholic drinks is a bit, can it be a bit like that? Beer and beer and wine, and oh, I like um, single malt whiskey as well. But, you know, you know, we have to be, we have to be careful, we have to be restrained, and we have to be, have to be moderate when we, when we come to drinking things like that. Because, you know, we all know stories, eh? We all know uh, what might happen. We can become dependent, or we become addicted, and and often that that delight ends up becoming um, devastating. So we've got to be careful. And, and another example I was thinking about was, was children. Oh, I love my kids. You might have seen Eli. He's walking around like, you know, looks like he's walked into a wall. Well, he, he did fall down the stairs yesterday, but um, it's all right. He's all right. We, you know, our kids, we should delight in our kids and we should, we should love them. But, but sometimes we, there's a, there might be a tendency to, to let that delight take over, and then our lives begin to revolve all around them instead of revolving around God, and our priorities uh, shift to meeting their needs rather than prioritizing our relationship with God. 
Like you might be thinking of other, other areas of delight that, that maybe you delight in a little bit too much. And I've, got to, I've definitely got to be careful. I know, I know the tracks that my mind goes down, and, and especially when I'm, when I'm feeling tired or if I'm stressed or worried or whatever. And I've got to be quite careful about how I think because, um, you know, I can begin sort of delighting in something too much. And often it's to do with, with satisfying some deep, deep longing or need. Whereas delighting in God, that is the way of deep satisfaction, and it leads to life. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires, promises Psalm 37. That God actually sets us free from, from things that, that can consume us. Uh, John Wimber, who you might have heard of, he one of the founding fathers of the Vineyard Movement. He uh, died about 25 years ago. No, no, it's not working. Josh, can you go to the next um, slide, please? And, uh, here we go. Actually, the next one, please. Yeah, that's it. Ah, uh, back one. Ah, <laughs> oh, back in the, No, that's it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm quite confused, right? Was that Eli? <laughs> Thanks, Eli. Anyway, don't worry about the slides, Josh. I'll just read it out. This is what John Wimber says. Because when I became a Christian, I was a musician with two US top 10 albums I produced. What a show off, eh? Have you ever thought of that? Come on, John Wimber. Well, he was, he was like this pro musician. Anyway, when I became a Christian, I was a musician with two US top 10 albums I had produced. Well, I've, you know, I don't have any. It was the establishment of my career after 13 years' hard work. But God spoke to me in the two-line two parable of the pearl of great price. I want it, give it to me. He didn't say, give it to me and then I'll give you a career as a pastor or I'll give you music that will go all over the world. He said, give me everything. Liquidate your assets and I'll give you the pearl. Now, the pearl isn't a new career or the opportunity to make a name for yourself as a worship leader or worship writer or leader. It isn't even the ability to sustain yourself in that profession. If your motivation as a worship leader involved in local church worship is to make a full-time career of it, you'll probably be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, too true. Um, the pearl is Jesus. And if he is your focus, you'll have to face things, but you'll come through in a godly fashion. So this is not the time for secret sin. This is the time to pay attention, to sober up to focus on the things of God, to get rooted in the Word of God and in the church community, to give yourself wholeheartedly to God and deal with any weakness in your armor. If you do that, glorifying God in your personal private life as well as your public professional endeavors, your shield may get a little dented, but you'll come through. Giving God our attention and, and our focus uh, actually learning and discovering how to delight ourselves in Him as He delights in us. This is what the, the Bible teaches us. But it's a little bit tricky, isn't it? Because unlike chocolate or other people, guess what? You can't see God. He's invisible. Sometimes we might feel Him or we think we feel Him, but, but not always. Sometimes we might even hear Him audibly, but this doesn't seem to happen that much. I haven't heard him audibly. Other people have. 
And yet this, there's this command to delight ourselves in the Lord, and, and it implies that it's possible, <laughs> unless the Bible's just tricking us. No, it implies it's possible. If it says delight yourself in the Lord, it means you can delight yourself in the Lord. Like, you know, take enjoyment and company with Him and all that kind of stuff. So it really is possible to simply enjoy God for who He is and to enjoy His company uh, in our day-to-day lives. And so I want to finish. How's that for timing? That's good timing. I want to finish with, with two takeaways. Two takeaways, like things that we can do to either like begin the journey of uh, enjoying God and delighting in God, or, or to continue and, and to go deeper with Him and to, and to discover more about it. Okay, the first pro tip <laughs> is this. The Holy Spirit, or the work of the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says that God has given us His Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love, to pour into our hearts His love. Or I love the King James translation, which says, to shed abroad in our hearts the love of God. But this means that we can ask Him to fill our hearts with love, to help us know Him more, to experience more of His love for us. I mean, if you're, if you're a dad here, you know, you imagine what you do if, if your kid comes up to you and says, Dad, can you show me how much you love me? Well, how much do you love me? You know, that's the kind of question that I love to get. And I'm an earthly dad, nothing like a heavenly dad. So we can invite him, invite him. And I think this is the very best thing that we can do. This is the pro tip because we can keep asking him. We can ask him today at church or we can ask him like every day. Morning, lunchtime, dinner time. Lord, help me know how much you love me. Because God is, all, he's, got, he's invisible, but he's also omnipresent. He's with us all the time, wherever we go. Can I tell you a quick story? Is that right? Okay, no, no, no. Okay, good. Um, quick story. So as you know, we're doing a bit of, a bit of renovation on our house. And a couple of weeks ago, um, we had our um, sort of our house opened up, and it meant that I could get under the, the old part of the house. Our house was originally built in 1918. It's pretty old. I could get under the old part of the house and put in some uh, insulation under the floor. Who's done that before? It's not fun, eh? <laughs> and in the olden days, when they built houses, they didn't have like a decent gap between the dirt and, and, the, and the floor. It was a tight fit. And so anyway, uh, we had all of the um, expole, the polystyrene um, ready to cut up and put under the floor. And, and so I like shuffle in. It was so tight, you know, the space that you, you can't actually roll over at all. And then I get in there uh, somewhere underneath the, um, the bathroom, almost under the bathroom. And I'm lying there. And I start getting really uncomfortable. Like it's not just physical, but it's like claustrophobic uncomfortable. Start feeling quite, quite sick. I'm like, oh, I just got to get out of here. So, you know, scoot out from un- under the floor, go, oh, my goodness, what I got to do? We got to, you know, I've got to do this job. Um, Tess is not going to do it. Um, <laughs> Tess's dad, he, he, he was with us. He, he can't do it physically. He's not able to do it. So I go inside, grab a glass of water, and I think, oh, God, how am I going to, you know, not, not blaspheming. Oh, God, you know, praying, God, how am I going to do this? And... Um, and it's just a reminder, oh, God is, God is with me all the time. And, this, and the sense of um, actually being held 
like bring to mind that I'm being held in, in the hands of God or in the, in the palm of God. Like, okay, God, you are with me all the time, even when I'm under the house, under the bathroom. And so I just like took this, took this thought, took a deep breath, you know, shuffle in un, under the house again. And, and the, there was a shift in me. Didn't feel that same sort of like claustrophobia, sort of like that panicky, sick feeling. Instead, it's like, oh, God, you're with me. Even now, when I'm doing this think job that I don't want to be doing, but here you are, you're with me. I'm, I'm just as much in your presence now, Lord, as when I'm worshipping with my brothers and sisters at church on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm just as much with you now as, with, as when I'm having the best time of my life, you know? It was crazy. It was amazing. It was actually, I, it was one of those kind of like moments where I got, I'm being, you know, when I actually sort of experienced being held in God's hands. And I still couldn't wait to be done with that job. <laughs> got, got it done. Eli will thank me later because it was mainly under his bedroom. Anyway, so that's it. So we can ask the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love and to remind us of his love for us. And he will. Thank you, Jesus. Secondly, so that was the first pro tip. Secondly, as if I'm a pro, anyway, <laughs> that's a good tip. Secondly, make space for God. Make space for God. We live in a world that's full of inputs and information. You know, every advertisement is fighting for our attention. Every song or story is trying to get a bit of airtime in our minds. And I just actually wonder if we'd feel a whole lot better if we simply withdrew occasionally and we have, we have brain breaks. Just give our brain a break. I wonder if we'd feel a whole lot better if we did this. And in those brain breaks, we, we draw on the life of God, learning to delight in Him. You know, later in, in that same psalm that, we, that I mentioned earlier, Psalm, psalm 50, Psalm 50, Psalm 37, says this, be still in the presence of God and wait patiently for him to act. Which might remind you of Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. So we can make space for him in our days. And, and I thought we could do that this morning. Uh, we, can, we can make a bit of space and time to to delight in him or to bring him our attention or our affections. So let's get weird. Nah, just jokes. Um, nothing, nothing too weird. Um, well, here's what I've got in mind. Having, having a few minutes, let's define it. Three minutes. Who can handle three minutes? Okay. Is that too long? No, three minutes. Okay, three minutes. I thought five minutes is might be too long. So go three minutes. And we're going to have like no inputs, three in, three inputs with no inputs, and 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 uh, and it's silence. Although it's not silence in the sense that you know somebody might cough, that's all right. Somebody might bump their chair, that's all right. Like it's not silence in the sense of not trying to have no noise, but it's silence in the sense of James not talking anymore, or not trying to fill our fill our, our minds with entertainment or whatever it is. Silence. And as we make space, there's there's a few things I thought you might like to do. You might like to have a nap. <laughs> or you might try like bringing your attention to God and just thinking about him. Maybe, you know, reflect on what, what I've been um, jabbering on about. Or, or maybe it's something that, that stood out from, from worship or something you've been thinking about. Try bringing your attention to God. And the next thing is 
or at the same time, invite the Holy Spirit. You might ask him to fill you with his love or to help you know that he is near. You might pray, you might talk to him internally, maybe responding to what he, he's saying to you. I, I've, I find that it's often quite useful just to almost like be aware of like physical sensations, like, you know, the ear, the ear on my skin or, um, or the, even the sounds that I can hear, the sensations that are kind of going on in, in my body. And like in all of this, just, just rest. Just rest. And so you might fall asleep. <laughs> That's all right. There's a, the Hebrew word for delight has, has, a, has, a, has another sense, like another meaning of, like being, of, of being soft and tender. And so you, you might actually begin to feel really relaxed. Does that sound good? Just have a rest for a few minutes. Just have a rest. I'll get my timer going. You just get, you know, you just be comfortable, and um, and if you're bored, then don't worry. Three minutes isn't that long. All right. So I'll I'll pray, and then we can we can just do that. Dear Lord, Lord, we uh, we invite you in, into this space and into this moment. Lord, as we as we have just a few minutes, a few minutes of silence in our in our lives, Lord. Pray, Lord Jesus, that we would we would know that you are near. That we would um, even sense your your love in, in our hearts in some way. Lord, in, in this moment that you'd lift off burdens, lift off expectations, and help us to rest in you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Amen.
That's three minutes. How did that feel? Quite nice. <laughs> Quite relaxing, eh? I think it's because, well, we're giving ourselves a moment to sort of, you know, relax. We are giving ourselves a moment to relax, but it's also, you know, the, the tender delight of the Spirit of God, I think, in our midst. And that's something that we can do. You know, it doesn't have to be at church. It can be um, on the train, <laughs> under the house. <laughs> you know, it's, that's amazing. And it's like, oh, this is a free gift. Yeah, just just feels eh, like um, the Lord is doing something here today. So um, you might even want us to sort of continue in, in that, that silence or... Um, might want someone someone to pray pray for you today or to invite um, you know more of the Holy Spirit into your life or you want to meet with Jesus today um, it's a good time to do it eh? so um, if you would like if you'd like prayer this morning and you want um, someone um, someone to pray for you then you're welcome to come and up, come at the front and, and join us up the front or if you're here with um, your know, friends and family and, and you'd actually just rather they pray for you then uh, we, we can, um, you can do that. You're free to do that. Um, if you want coffee, then the coffee's going to be happening and uh, signing up for, I guess he's coming for lunch as well. He delights in us. Isn't that cool? <laughs> he enjoys us. He takes pleasure in us. As messed up as we are. I think it's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for... Um, Thank you that you you reveal yourself to us and, and you and you reveal yourself as a as a loving father, that you are a loving father, that you delight over us, that you sing over us and, and you simply en- enjoy us. Holy Holy Spirit, as we uh, as we continue this morning or as we go out from this place, please please remind us that, that you are you're with us all the time that at any moment we can turn our eyes back to you and to invite you and, um, and that you're, and you're there, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit. Yeah, I pray, uh, Lord, for us here in person. I pray for also the people that are watching um, online, Lord, that, um, that your spirit would fill um, living rooms and bedrooms or wherever people are engaging, Lord, that... Um, yeah, that they would know your, know your presence and your nearness. We bless you, Jesus. You're so, so good to us. Amen. Amen.